you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Short people are oppressed. They're always getting overlooked. Get it? You see why? You laugh at that. Are you crying on the inside, though? Nah, you getting, I, I, you getting wounded? I think it's funny. David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. What a week it's been already, and not just because of free agency. Hi and hello, and welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. I hope all's well wherever you are here in Studio 66. We're ready to roll with some more NFL glitterati coming into the studio in just a matter of moments here. Tank Lawrence, just recently franchise tagged by America's team, allegedly America's team. I don't know if we're still calling it that. We'll get to the bottom of that and some other stuff with Demarcus Lawrence of Boise State and, uh, like I say, the Dallas Cowboys coming up here. And one of our very favorites over the years here on the DDFP, Calais Campbell. How much do we like him? We like him so much that his name hangs in the digital wall of fame from now until eternity is a wrap. Is that a thing? I don't know. But anyway, so Calais Campbell going to show up here, and I have to give him my two cents on the mean-spirited nature of his Jags defeating the Steelers, not once but twice in the, the 2017 season, specifically January of 2018, more accurately. That was a hurtful uh, deed on his part. But anyway, we'll kibitz with those guys in uh, just a second real quick as you as we say free agency. I don't think we need to update you on it because if we spend any time updating you on it, all that news will be old news by the time you're listening to us. But that being said, quickly, the one thing that jumps out at me uh, watching, if you would have told me in December, watching the Oakland Raiders play, as I watch Derek Carr look off Amari Cooper and then throw, try to jam one into Andre Roberts on the other side of the field, if you would have told me that Michael Crabtree would be the odd man out and Amari Cooper would be the one anointed by John Gruden as the guy, the focal point of the 2018 Raiders offense, you could have colored me surprised, but that's the way it looks like uh, it's going to go. Things move fast here. We appreciate everybody updating me and uh, and my foes in the uh, quarterback finger bed here, Matt Money Smith and uh, and Handsome Hank. Of course, if you're new to this uh, to our little wager here, we've we've put our digits up, our fingers up. I say at least ten teams will change quarterbacks from 2017 to 2018. We're already at eight, right, Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass? Well, we're at eight if the Jets don't start McCown, but now the rumor is or the team said they want to start McCown. It's March 15th. I love when people – I love love those pronouncements in March about what's going to be. And then people, well, Dave, looks like you're going to lose a finger. It's March. We don't know what's going to – they haven't even drafted these rookie QBs in the first round. How often does the rookie QB sit? The first round rookie QB sit. Yes, Patrick Mahomes did, but more often than not, the guy starts. So I feel at this point, as we just now are in the free agency, I'm feeling very confident. I agree. I think you should be confident. And I also think that there's a – 
they signed Teddy Bridgewater to $15 million a year, and I agree with you that they will draft a quarterback. There's a good chance that McCown might not be rostered by the time the season starts. Now, they understand that they only will play – Oh, I, well, I, I mean, like I think about uh, the turn-of-the-century Steelers, like Cordell Stewart, nominally a wide receiver – I mean a, a quarterback, but played some wide receiver. I don't think that Teddy Bridgewater and Josh McCown are both going to be on the field at the same time, and the Jets are also – presumed to be taking a quarterback in the first round. What are they doing? This is not a team that's a player away from the Super Bowl. Why why not beef up the overall roster? I kind of see where they're going with just because you have to – McCown's they, – they like him for the locker room presence, and he's a smart guy. We, we met him here. He's a, he's a great person overall, but he's up there in age. So that that's one liability. Teddy Bridgewater obviously coming off the, the knee. I mean, who knows how healthy he'll be. And they're going to draft a quarterback, so they need somebody to mentor him if it's Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, whoever it may be. So I kind of see what they're going with. I Again, they dress, you dress two quarterbacks in a the game. There's going to be an odd man out. If I had to guess in the next coming months, I think McCown might be – the one who's released uh, around training camp, you know, preseason time. You think they'll just dump him? Uh, I, I think so. I yeah, think I think there's, there's more of an upside with Teddy Bridgewater. So why I not, guess teams why not move. Him? I you know I'm still applying my old uh, thinking from four or five years ago, but I guess teams do trade and uh, and are more active um, with uh, swapping players around in 2018 than they were five years ago. Anywho, speaking of that sort of thing, the biggest name perhaps, along with Indomitian Sue, out there on the uh, uh, on the streets is uh, the guy whose voice you heard at the very top of the show, the Honey Badger himself, Tyron Matthew. As soon as, by the way, people love this guy, including Dave Damashek loves him. He's a, the Honey Badger is a delight. Go back and listen to Tuesday's episode. I think you'll agree. Um, as soon as I tweeted out that he was available um, and that he was in uh, in the studio on the DDFP um, a couple of days ago, I mean, every fan base out there rose up and said, sign him. And and Cardinals fans were miffed that their team no longer has the Honey Badger. But you know the weird one is the Pittsburgh Steelers' name is floating around there with uh, the Honey Badger. We'll see how that one works out. Spaghetti, what's the giant uh, – what's uh, the the tale there? That's been pretty bad. Uh, I they're, they're a big target. John Stewart's good if he's ever healthy. He's, he's not- also 31. There was You could have signed Deion Lewis. You could have just drafted a, a, a player. I mean, there's there's just so many other uh, options out there. Carlos Hyde. I, Carlos I, I, Hyde. I, I've, been, I've been pounding the table for years on him since he was at Ohio State. Carlos Hyde is as gifted a runner as there is in the NFL. His problem is, the book on him is he can never stay healthy. But if you look real close, you know, he's, he's not as rugged as Fred Taylor. I was talking to – I'm going to name drop here. Uh, Maurice Jones-Drew. I was talking to to Maurice about uh, about Carlos Hyde. You know who he's – he's not as rugged a runner as Fred Taylor is, but he is the same sort of specimen that Fred Taylor was at the height of his powers. And the book on Taylor was he can't stay healthy, and then all of a sudden for the second half of his career, he was clean. He could stay healthy the whole time. Carlos Hyde, it's worth noting – what a bargain he may end up being. He did make it to 16 games for the first time in his four-year career in San Francisco. Now he's a Brown. Now that opens up. What are, what are exactly the Browns going to do? Are they going to go hide? And uh, Barkley, that's going to be compelling to, to see how that shakes out. But uh, I don't know that Barkley's going to reach you anymore there, Spaghetti. So now I, it looks I, like uh, – I'm fine with that. Now we're here in guard, huh? Yeah, I think they're going to go guard now because they lost down in Norwell. Uh, and they, if they Nelson's the guy, if, if he's the guy who is considered to be the best prospect in this draft, I have no beef with that. I, I just – I still can't understand if you have a quarterback who's 38 years old and unless you're saying that he could play two or three more years and unless you think that Davis Webb is the guy going forward, I don't – you're not in the position 
to draft a quarterback at number two when there's so many good quarterbacks, or at least scouts say good quarterbacks. I just don't understand what the team is doing messing around with that. That in-between of trying to play for now and also build for the future, the Giants aren't deep enough um, in their roster to be playing both those games simultaneously. And they're not going to do that to Eli after the – I mean, do you really suppose that it's owed to the public fallout of benching Eli that has now informed the way they're uh, positioning things for 2018? It's it, Because they could just say, you know what, we're in full rebuild. Yeah, and I think if they took Rosen, Darnold, Allen, whoever they took it to, I, I think Eli understands that he's getting up there in age. He'll, he'll, they'll probably play Eli to no, start, but no, I think they would let him. No, that, that the idea, like, well, they'll understand he's 38. Like, no, he's got an ego. He, he doesn't want some, some guy who's being groomed underneath him. Uh, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he'd be okay. With, I think how his handle last year was pretty poor, but I think that if they dr- took a guy for the future, he'd understand in a sense. I mean, his contract's running uh, running up too, uh, and his play's been pretty poor. I mean, if he struggled, they put, you know, the, the guy at number two in. It's just – but they want to take a guard. It's like, all right, well, then you're kind of – Investing in Eli for two, three more years, and you're investing in Davis Webb, which I don't, I don't understand. That is, that is basically what they're doing. If, yeah. they, if they go, if they go Nelson, that's basically what they're announcing: is we're right. playing for 2018 and uh, trying to ride Eli to one more which, postseason. Uh, yeah, I don't agree with that. All right, uh, hey, look who's right behind you there, Eddie Spaghetti. It's uh, you, know what it, you can keep it. Come on, let's go, let's go like little Stevie and Bruce right oh, here. This is adorbs. You know what it means? You What's know what that? that means if they take Nelson? What's that? It means you lose a thumb. That's what it means. <laughs> I it would be ideal for Damashek's uh part. It would be ideal if Eli would instead, you know, I don't know, where where could we send him that would uh, that would really the Giants grease the, the skids for they're, Dave. They're one of the the wild card teams you have with like them, the Dolphins, That's right. the Bengals. Could still so, happen. Yeah. They have Davis Webb and they have and if they take let's say whatever Rosen Come on, what are you doing, Giants? You're not going to win the Super Bowl in 2018 anyway. Give 10 a chance at one last shot of glory elsewhere. Trade him away and make Dave look good in the process. All right, as you see, Matt, or heard there, Matt Money Smith is now behind the glass. There, too, is Cindy Freeland. It's uh, it's time for Free Money, a.k.a. the Game Theory and Money Show. So I'm going to step aside here and uh, and let them go, and then we'll have Calais Campbell. Well, well, now I'm being confusing for you, the listener. We're going to have Calais Campbell on this show. And then we're going to have Tank Lawrence on this show. Then into Studio 66 shall walk the Game Theory and Money hosts, and they're going to kibitz about the game of pro football. If you want me to, though, real quick, I could just go through their rundown for you. And then, like, you can save time. You can just listen to the DDFP, and you'll know what already happened on Game Theory and Money. They're going to talk about free agency. They're going to talk about who they are. Who are we? That's what you do on the start of every show is who are we? Typically, Cynthia uses math to predict what will happen in upcoming games. Okay, so that's a point of discussion. Ooh, they're going to talk about the QB market, Keenum to Denver, and they're going to talk about Taylor to Cleveland. I assume that means Tyrod Taylor. That would be a weird coincidence if not. They're going to talk about strategies that are starting to be revealed by the various teams, some head-scratching moves. Boy, they even have, like, time codes of how long each conversation is going to go. That's a novel idea. Imagine, imagine if we tried yeah, we should to do try that, that one. <laughs> hey, Dave, keep this conversation to four minutes, a tight four. All right, let's uh, let's go. All right, so here here it comes now into Studio sixty six in in real life comes uh, Matt Money Smith and uh, Cindy Freeland right behind him, and in your ears here comes one of our favorites, Tank Lawrence, in a minute. But first, Wall of Famer Calais Campbell. <laughs> That's Dave Damashek. 
All right, now this is uh, a real treat for me. It's been way too long for this guy. His uh, jersey already hangs in the Digital Wall of Fame. Behind me and behind him, one of the real stars of one of the great stories of the 2017 NFL season and one of our favorite guys to ever shadow the door in Studio 66, Calais Campbell is back. What's happening, fella? What's going on, man? Well, don't, having me. don't fist bump at me. Not after what you did. <laughs> Not after what you did to the Steelers. Not once, but twice. October was one thing, but then to do it in the playoffs in Pittsburgh, that was too far. It wasn't personal. It was only business. Well, it hurt my feelings. So I don't know if we go on without an apology or we just let it go and we look forward together I wouldn't feel comfortable apologizing when we play them again next year you know because uh, let's try to see if we can do it again that's how it's going to be you know All right. you've made your decision now that may impact the way the rest of this interview goes we'll see let's start here Calais it's draft season and one of my favorite things to hear about is the draft day experience for a guy like you did you think you were going first round Yes. You did? Yes. Uh, I had a, I left school a year early. You know, I was a redshirt junior. I didn't go to, like, any of the senior bowls or anything like that. I couldn't. But I went to the combine, and I was a little cocky, so I showed up out of shape and not really – I didn't have a great combine. I had a terrible combine. But still, I had some good film. You know, I kind of fell for the Orlando Brown kid because I, I know that kind of mentality. I've been there, you know. But uh, his film is great, just like I had really good film. And so I ended up falling to the second round. But uh, the day before the draft, actually one of the Jacksonville scouts called me. They were, 20, I think, 26 that year. And uh, they said, if you're there at 26, we're going to draft you. And then, uh, you know, the draft comes and, it's, you know, a couple D-linemen go off the board early. And uh, Who? Who were the D-linemen? Were you offended to hear their names called before you <laughs> A couple of them, but uh, Chris Long was the first D-line took, and he was number two overall, but he was worthy. Uh, you know, uh, uh, there was uh, Vernon Ghost, and, uh, you know, he didn't, he, he didn't play uh, that long in the NFL. Uh, but you had a couple guys like Glenn Dorsey that was pretty decent. You know, uh, Cedric Ellis, you know, uh, some other guys that went. But, uh, you know, it, it, Jacksonville traded up to number eight. And I'm like, oh, wow, are they going to trade up to number eight to get me? Like, I'm super excited. <laughs> wow, now this is very flattering what everybody's about to learn. They called me yesterday. <laughs> so I know how this goes. Your guy's about to go eighth, everybody. Get ready to celebrate. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, it took Derek Harvey. Well, that worked out perfectly. So it, it, it uh, had a happy ending. I, what is this bit about teams calling everybody? This I, I keep hearing this. They call you and say, keep your line free because we're about to draft you. And then they never call back. It's so mean-spirited. What do, do these teams, are we to believe that like three minutes before they announce who they're drafting, after six months worth of analysis and film breakdown and conversation, that they, that, that they really don't know like right up until the final second who they're about to draft? You know what I I think it really becomes down to is that there's some people who really want this guy, some people really want this guy, and they're going back and forth for arguing for who they want, and then whoever has a final say, he gets to make the decision. You know, and uh, I mean, their jobs are, are, are it's tough jobs. I mean, you get fired if you make a bad choice. You know, I mean, that's that's, that's crazy. Well, among uh, your family members, and we've uh, gotten to cross paths with uh, a couple of them. Jared's one of our favorite guys to to ever shadow the door as well. Here, did the whole family get together for your draft? Oh. Were they all everybody's bummed out? Like, oh, Calais, this is. It. <laughs> Was it more like put their arm around you, yeah. or, or were you just like sitting alone in the corner and they're like, yeah. So early he brought on, us out for a party, and this is what happened. <laughs> we had a big, we went out this place. Uh, ESPN Zone had a big, big party going on. Uh, all my friends and family, like people, were close to me, you know. And at the beginning, it was all fun and games. After a while, you start seeing people get drafted, and my name wasn't called yet, and I just started getting more, <laughs> more frustrated. And they come and try to ch cheer me up and console me. It's all so happy soon. I'm like man. 
you know, I just, let me, I'm good, you know. But uh, it was it was definitely, I mean, it was frustrating for at the beginning, but when that call finally came, it was, a, I mean, an incredible feeling. I mean, it's one of the best feelings of my life. It was, because I talked to a couple of guys, Reggie Wayne from the U, I talked to Maurice Jones-Drew, who by the time they got drafted, they told the head coach, like, I'm angry now. Now I have something to prove. Did you did you make any pronouncement like that? Uh, I was very grateful. I just told them that, you know, they got a guy who's going to work really hard and uh, going to try to help them bring a championship. You know, it was Arizona, so said we're going to bring a championship to Arizona. Now listen, I'd, I've said it before. I'll say it again. We talked to the Honey Badger, by the way, earlier in the week, and uh, he's another delightful guy. I asked him about this. I feel like... You've been around now a little bit with uh, with some of the with Jalen Ramsey's outspoken. Um, you know the uh, Telvin Smith is outspoken. Yeah, we got you guys got a lot of talkers on that team. How does this defense? Because to me, the funniest group I've ever been around as a as a unit in the NFL was the old Arizona Cardinals when Darnell Dockett was in there, Pat Pete, Honey Badger, you yeah, and the rest. Some- is this is this group even more wild? Yes, I will say that it's even more <laughs> wild, which is a big statement because those guys were intense, crazy. You know, uh, Doc is probably the funniest guy I know. You know, and I mean, he just I mean always for the laugh. You know, uh, but we have just a whole crew. I mean, it's like there's no lapse. Everybody's hilarious. Everybody you know, loves the game of football. Everybody comes to work. You know, bringing like with a lot of excitement. You know. Well, tell me about that, because we talked about that all through the season, is that there was a different vibe. It wasn't, you always hear the chip on the shoulder, going back at least for me to like Michael Jordan, like he could turn any slight into motivation. It seems to me that the 2017 Jaguars were not exactly that. It wasn't like you guys were saying, no one's aware of us, no one believes in us, but we're going to shock the world. It was, well, we know we're the best, and now it's just a matter of playing everybody, and then they will find out what we already know. Is that right? Exactly, man. It's that swagger. You know, we put the time and effort in. You know, we credit that brotherhood. You know, and we started. We just the way we practice. We knew that uh, if we practice, like if we play like we practice, it won't be a tough team to beat. You know, we go out there and just play our game, and can't nobody mess with us. Well, I mean, like I say, it was it wasn't cool the way it went down from from uh, where I sat. But either way, good for you. The thing that was not enjoyable to watch, even for diehard Jags fans were those uniforms but and in fact that was a bold move on your part you know because you could have gone anywhere and you went to jacksonville in spite of those weird helmets that shows how much confidence you had in that defense right yeah you know uh i, I saw potential you know and uh, the uniforms weren't that bad you no, know? no 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 we are, no we are getting new uniforms i'm looking forward to see no, what the ones look like no, they're quite on un- quite unattractive and apparently the cons agree with me because now you're changing them. yes we are yeah. you had no say in what that can, can you give me a sneak preview have you heard have you seen you gotten a you look know, at i'm going down there in, uh, in about a week you know so i'm gonna try them on see how they really? look like you know i, I send you a picture do you want well better yet why don't i come with you because i'd <laughs> like to evaluate them before the rest of the world gets to see them to make sure that they check out okay yeah you think, might be able to work something out okay now next question for you is tell me about the most memorable play of your career, a legitimate throughout the season in 2017, a defensive player of the year candidate, um, really a, a magnificent season in the mix of, uh, of one of the best defenses we've seen in the 21st century. But whether it's in Jacksonville or Arizona, go through it second by second. Detail for me the most memorable play of Calais Campbell's career. All right, we got to go back all the way uh, 2009. Mm-hmm. A long time ago. You've been in the league that long? Yeah, <laughs> 2008, yeah. And uh, we're going, we're playing against the Minnesota Vikings who are on like a high streak, you know, Brett Favre is the quarterback, you know, and I grew up, you know, uh, I was born in 86, so Brett Favre won his, the Super Bowl when I was like 10, 9 or 10 years old. And so I'm a Brett Favre like fan, you know what I mean? He's just 
superstar. And I, you know, grow up and now I'm in the NFL for the first time. Now I'm playing against Brett Favre. And we had this. Good play. for you, by the way. I don't <laughs> like when guys get that. Like, aren't you intimidated? There's Tom Brady. Nope, I'm not intimidated by that. Like, really? Well, then you're not a human. Like, that doesn't mean something yeah. to you. There's a legendary guy out there. Anyway, please. I, I respect greatness. You know, I'm a fan of greatness. So, I've, you know, all those guys, I love competing against them. You know, but in this situation, though, this was an even bigger deal. Because, I mean, you know, I got a lot of love for Tom Brady. You know, uh, all the Hall of Famers. You mm-hmm. know, Peyton Manning was, was real cool to play against. I intercepted Peyton Manning. That's awesome. You know, but uh, this one right here, though, because I was when I started loving football, it was Brett Favre was like the star of the league, you know, uh, along with some other players. I was a big Broncos fan, but um, and uh, I just remember you know, 2009, you know, uh, it's, it's playoff, you know, trying, we're all making a push for the playoffs. You know, Minnesota's a hot team, and uh, and they come to Arizona, and uh, you know, this is my first year starting. I, I'm having a, a solid season, you know, introduce myself to the NFL, and uh, I remember there was this play we kept running in, in practice. I just loved, you know, it w- I knew it would work. And so we kept running these uh, games and they weren't respecting it. You know, me and Doc and I'm like, yo, man, they're not respecting our games. You know, I, I, call, I, call, I, I go up to our D coordinator, uh, you know, Billy Davis, and I told him, I said, hey, this play is going to work. If you call this play, I promise you it's going to work because they're not respecting our games. And this is like a very similar to one of the games we had. And so, uh, you know, he finally is third down, you know, in the, like I think it was third or fourth quarter, you know, and the game's tight, you know, and he calls this play, you know, on this big third down. And I come through, uh, I dip my shoulder and rip through, and uh, I grabbed Brett Favre, you know, as hard as I could and just body slammed him. I mean, <laughs> suplexed him WWE style. And uh, I did not get a penalty for unnecessary roughness, uh, but uh, he got up and, uh, you know, tried to get in my face, whatever. But I was, I just had Brett Favre, so I didn't even realize I'm just celebrating him. It's the <laughs> biggest sack of my career, you know, still probably. Uh, so that was, it was huge, you know, when I remember uh, a couple of days later, a fine did come for me because after the game, he had said that it was, you know, the referees weren't protecting him, you know, so a fine did come for me. And I remember I was going to appeal it, but one of the, the older guys in the locker room was like, you don't appeal that one. You frame that one hanging on your wall. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. I hope you followed that <laughs> advice. That was like Brett Favre jumps up to be angry at you, and you're like, I love you, man. You're one of my heroes. Give me a hug. And he's like, get off of me. Um, <laughs> that's a pretty good story. What about going into that into the uh, title game? I mean, as the week wore on, it, it felt to me like, I mean, come on. They're not. Are Blake Bortles and company are going to go into Foxborough and vanquish the mighty Patriots. But as the week wore on, I started to buy it. I thought they, you know what, they they could make hay. What are your recollections from that game? I know you kind of got dinged early on in that one, but, you know, the experience, was there any doubt at any point along the way? It just felt like you guys were, you know, you guys were up 10 in the fourth quarter there. Yeah, you know, uh, it still hurts a little bit because we were this close, you know, but you know, there's no doubt in any of our minds. You know, you could tell around the whole locker room all week that, you know, we knew that it was our game. You know, we just play our game and we beat them like we beat everybody else or anybody else, you know. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you have a lot of respect for Tom Brady. You have a lot of respect for Bill Belichick. And, you know, uh, they have some, some great, you know, weapons. I mean, Deion Lewis, I think, was an incredible player. And I'm probably the most underrated player. Is it like an X and O thing? Is Marone, is he in there the week leading up to it, just keeping it very, like, sort of cold-blooded, like, here's our advantage in terms of X's and O's? Or is he talking psychology with you guys about, like, don't look across the sideline no, and look no. into those beautiful eyes of Tom Brady's? Because <laughs> then you'll get intimidated. <laughs> Nah, he kept it the same. He was consistent the whole year. You know, uh, it wasn't anything special or anything different. It was like, just play our game. You know, we prepared the same way. You know, we always go over, like, you know, what we need to do to win. 
and uh, he did the same way as we always do. And, uh, you know, uh, we felt like we had a good game plan. Uh, you know, we got up early and, uh, you know, a couple of things didn't go our way, a couple of like unlucky breaks, you know, but that's football. But uh, the Miles Jack play, yeah. they couldn't have, they couldn't. Have, I mean, I hear you that that's got to be frustrating because Miles Jack should have gotten a touchdown there. But I kind of feel like I don't know how they could have reversed that one, right? Well, you can't reverse it afterwards, but if you, if you knew it was a fumble, you got to let it play out because then you can always bring it back. I keep looking at it. It seems like the referee from his angle blew the whistle because he just sees him roll over. He, he, I, I can see where that referee was. That being said, I can see being disgusted if you're yeah. a Jag or a Jags fan uh, like that. I understand completely. Referees have a tough job. I mean, they are – I mean, you have to – you're controlling games and you have to make sure that everything happens where it's supposed to. I mean, they have a tough, tough job. You know, but uh, when we end up on the you know, on a different side of that, it kind of hurts a little bit. But at the end of the day, we have plenty of chances to win, and uh, I'm looking forward to trying to. Make I see. I don't. Sure. I don't like to waste precious uh, time talking to guys about like I could ask you about Blake Bortles and whether or not you believe in him. What are you going to say? No, no, I don't. I'm going to look. I do. But I think you do. I did talk to you before we started. I believe that you do, you and the team believe yeah, in five. He earned our respect, you know. And uh, I mean, that's something that you know you have you you expect of your quarterback. You know, to be a good quarterback in this league, you have to earn respect your locker room and uh, he went out there all last year and uh, he earned my respect and everybody else in the locker room and you know we look forward to seeing what we can do together this year I want to show you one more thing I texted you this uh, or I tweeted this to you the day she was born my little girl <laughs> was born and it occurred to me she looks so much like Calais Campbell do you see the resemblance it's the cheeks you know, big cheeks and the the, eyes. I, don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I see a lot of resemblance where were you in Los Angeles about uh, you know 20 <laughs> I, no, I don't even. I'm not even going to go down that. Go down that road. Calais, you're uh, you're a burgeoning media star, and not just because of your appearances here on the DDFP. What's uh, what's the story with your production company? It's pretty cool, man. Uh, we're trying to, uh, you know. Well, so right now we have this uh, NCAA tournament we're doing. Uh, if you're if you're in the bracket challenges, if you like to play, uh, you know NCAA March Madness basketball, sure, you got to enter our, in our thing, and I'm giving away a free jersey if you win, or uh, you know in some Bose headphones, which is cool. What a Pulusny jersey or what? Oh, you mean a Calais Campbell? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Although, maybe you know, even better. We maybe can get even... you a Paul Pozniski jersey if you want one too. You know, I mean, <laughs> these guys, everybody's friendly. You know, we can make it happen if that's your guy. <laughs> I love it. That, yeah, you guys. Like I say, I mentioned your brother there. He's blowing up too. It yeah. seems like he's doing more and more stuff. Yeah, Jared Quay awesome. out there on the stand-up scene. Calais yeah. Campbell. Check it out. TheTeamNetwork.com. Check it out. Come say it again. TheTeamNetwork.com. TheTeamNetwork.com. All right. All Always great to see you, Calais. Rare as it is. Let's talk to you before the season starts and get a lay of the land once we have the uniform reveal. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Come back again. You understand how we still abide by the no jive policy, so if I don't like the new outfits, I'm going to let you know about it. Hey, that's cool with me, man. You know, at the end of the day, I'm going to make them look as good as I can. Well, you can't help. I mean, listen, but, you know, chiseled from something or other. I don't know <laughs> what. But there he is, Calais Campbell, everybody. Dave, da 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 don't don't Dave. All right, here it comes, everybody. Great stuff from Calais and from Jared and the rest. We have a great bit coming your way uh, that we shot with Calais out on the street, so be on the lookout for that. Meantime, here he comes, Tank Lawrence. You're listening to David. All right, here he is, superstar defender for the Dallas Cowboys, a rare commodity with all due respect to uh, to the great worker Rod Marinelli down there in Big D. Sure. 
not a lot of high-end superstars. That seems like going into every season, people say, yeah, but what about the Cowboys' defense? This guy, when he's out there, though, he really is. Uh, he, he he shows up. You don't have to be super. Uh, you don't have to be super deep X and O guy to 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 see Demarcus Lawrence show up at the line of scrimmage and harassing those QBs. He's seated to my immediate left. Let's say hello to him right now, sure, shall we? Demarcus Lawrence, how are you, man? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm looking you over right now. First evaluation, I see you have an MLK sweatshirt on. Over it, you have many jewels. You're bedazzled. Correct, correct. Yeah, and a tank included. Oh, yeah. Um, you got to represent the tank everywhere I go. Um, uh-huh. You know, it's my nickname, so, you know, kind of my brand now. I mean make the world no tank you know fair enough and uh you know the dallas cowboys obviously knew you and needed to keep you in the fold enough that they franchise tagged you how's that make you feel is that flattering how's that sit with a professional athlete you know it's a gift and a curse um franchise tag um it's really a, a great opportunity um you know a good chunk of change um to put in your pocket um while the season is going on and um really you know motivation also um that you get another opportunity to go and play the game that you love and, you know, do it with the team you started with. So, um, you know, I'm very blessed, very thankful um, to the Jones organization, you know, for bringing me back. What about uh, – let's? I, I, one thing we've been doing uh, the last few weeks here is we talk about uh, the draft story and how it went down for uh-huh. you specifically, but uh, can't, can't talk to somebody from Boise without asking. What about the blue turf? I mean, it's fine by itself, but have you noticed a lot of, a lot of copycat uh, teams are out there? They do like right. the red turf. It's, it's spreading, and it's not good. Yeah, um, the red turf, um, no comment. I mm-hmm. mean – I don't, I don't really like it myself, but the mm-hmm. blue turf, I mean, it's excellent, bro. It's like you're running on water, you know? Is that how it feels? Yeah. It makes you feel fast yeah. or it makes you feel uh, uh, godlike that you I can mean, run on water. Yeah, I mean, once you fast, you know, you know, you you look good on the, on the turf, I mean, but it can't make you feel fast. What's it like living in Boise for that many years? I mean, Boise, you know, have all four seasons. I mean, you got the mountains surrounding you, um, beautiful scenery. Um, you know, it's just a great atmosphere, and, you know, it's really nothing but football up there. So, hmm. you know, it's, it's great. You didn't become a skier? No, no. It's, it's just real, you know, bonding time with your teammates. Um, that's why I feel like they have a good culture going and um, they'll really always be successful um, just because of their nature and, you know, how they do things up there. You didn't engage in any of the uh, winter sports that are available to you up there, like bobsled or luge? I mean, I understand I'm an athlete, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a big athlete at yeah. that, you know, so – you know, different activities. I'd like to see you luging, though. That'd be a guy. I'd like to see Demarcus Lawrence give a shot to that luge thing, yeah, right? I mean, no. It's no? not going to happen. All right. Yeah. All right. Hey, I, I, I've, uh, I've been remiss. I said the first question I would ask you on our last uh, episode of the show was uh, I declared – mid-season 2017 because I like the individuals. I like Chris Long and Malcolm Jenkins and those guys, Mm -hmm. and I declared them to be America's team 2017. I say the Dallas Cowboys just can't claim that they're America's team and retain that crown forever. You don't just get to hold on to it, you know? I think it's a moving one. Do you want to argue with me about why the Eagles are now America's team in my book until I assign it to another team? Yeah, um, I'm listening to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really not hearing it because oh. you got to understand, you know, the Eagles, you know, got them a championship. Um, 
we don't call ourselves America's team. Um, you know, the fan base do, do. and um, you know, we just got to go. At, you know what they say. Um, you know, it's probably gonna be us this year. I, mean, I bet they. Know, I mean, yeah, I'm sure. Possibility. The... Um, you know, just bring back the players. You know that we need. You know, going free agency. You know, do our thing, and um, we'd be straight, bro. You have a you have a favorite cowboy? I don't mean player. I mean like an actual cowboy. Like Wild Wild West cowboy. Yeah, like that. Um, <laughs> no, I mean you guys don't sit around. The, I find it very hard to believe you guys don't sit around the locker room in the Jerry Dome and talk about who your favorite Wild West cowboy was. No, I you mean, never it, do that. So much to talk about in in the Jerry's world. Um, <laughs> But that never crossed me, you know. Do you ride a horse? Do you know how to lasso a a, a, uh, a rode, beast if he runs away from you? I rode a horse before. Um, never did the lasso, you know, type of job. Um, hmm. You know, I got to put that on the bucket list. That'd be nice. Yeah, go to a rodeo. See if see if you can uh, tame tame uh, you know a bucking bronco. You're a bronco yeah. after all. It makes oh, yeah. sense that you would be able to, right? All right, all right, all right. That's a good one. Um, tell me about like I say, I like to hear the draft day story. Uh-huh. And so, how did it go for you? Do you are you aware off the top of your head? I've talked to some high profile NFL guys who even after retirement they can tell you name for name of the guys at their position that were drafted in front of them. They wear it like a badge. They, it's a chip right. on their shoulder oh, forever. Yeah, right. Like you took that guy in front of me i'm gonna make you pay every time we play is that true for you correct um yeah that's the same way i was feeling draft day you know um wanted to go first round went second round did you let's start there did you have a party oh yeah of course you Um, had a party assuming first round right um well i'm from south carolina um played at boise you know got my fiance she's from boise and she was pregnant at the time so she really couldn't travel like that so you know, me and my agent decided a great meeting place was, you know, Vegas. Um, so Of course. That makes per- – I mean, obviously. If you are you have family in South Carolina and you're up in Boise with your with your pregnant girlfriend, obviously Vegas is where you have to go. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, so we meet up in Vegas, um, had a big party or whatever. Um, you know, a little disappointed that I didn't go first round, but, you know. At what point are you like, I hate all these people? How many people are at the party? Oh, man, it was at least 40. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. all these people there. You're at, are you getting calls from teams during the day? Uh, not during the first round. Um, not even a call. That's uh, better because I a lot of guys I've been talking to, they get a call like, "Hey, keep your line clear because we're yeah. gonna call you in about five minutes because we're gonna draft you," and then they never call back. What's this mean spirited bit? Yeah, I mean, but you know, me and my agent had a long talk. He was like, "Who you want to play for?" I'm like, "Bro, I want to you know play for the Cowboys." He's like, bro, you sure? I'm like, yes, bro, I'm positive. Like, you know, that's my squad, you know. You grew up a Cowboys guy. Yeah. I mean, Is that right? I mean, it was hard to grow grow up in my, my father's home, you know, without being a Cowboys guy. Huh? He kicked me out of the house one time because I said I liked the Broncos. Mm. Yeah, so he was like. Um, you showed him by going to Boise. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be a Bronco by hook or by crook. I mean, well, Coach Pete really convinced my mom um, that it was a great idea for me to come up there, you know, uh, with a lot of man building and, you know, just being, you know, that guy um, with the Broncos. Wait a second, though. You're old man. I got to tell you, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if, like, uh, people who work with kids or, like, Uh you know, advising on good parenting would agree with me on this. But as a father, I can tell you, I mean, listen, I like different teams. I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh. My kids, they I'm not going to require them. They live in Los Angeles. I'm not going to make them like the Pirates. I'm not going to make them root for the Pittsburgh Penguins in hockey. Uh-huh. 
they don't want to like the Steelers, though. Yeah. They just don't get to watch football in the house. You know, like they, they can watch. I'm not saying, like, you can't watch football. Right, I'm right. sure, like, your dad did with you. Yeah. You could go watch football, DeMarcus. You're just not watching it in here. Oh, yeah. I'm not right. watching the Broncos over the over the Cowboys, yeah, right? Yeah, he, he's not having that, you know. So, it was good for me. Um, <laughs> so, it was a learning. Yeah. It, it, so, uh, well, that's good for me to know. So, but, so that didn't make you – because sometimes if you're too demanding, like I, I fear if I say you must be a Steelers fan or else – that they're going to resent me for that. And, you know, like kids, like they, you tell them to do so, they do the opposite. Yeah. This worked on you, though. No, I don't think they'll resent you for it. Um, you know, you got to give kids one avenue to go to. Um, <laughs> I love the old man you kicking you out of the house. They'll run wild, you know. So just get on that one avenue. This is how it's going to be. I'm the parent. You listen, you know. Hey, Demarcus, you come back in the house when you're ready to root for the team with the star on there, right. right? Oh, yeah. I love that. I say, you know what? I uh, do your do me a favor and pat uh, pat your dad uh, on the back for me for that one. All right. So you're standing there. The do you at the end of the night in Vegas or at the end of the draft? Do you go like, hey, sorry everybody. You know, hope you had fun anyway. But I didn't get drafted. Is everybody like hugging, saying sorry to you or what? Uh, not exactly. I probably you know about the thirty first pick of the first round. I probably walked out. Um, you know. Mad that I just a dignified move. You know, I call. Um, I had you know Jadavion, um, Khalil Mack. Um, it was another guy that went to the Eagles. Um, I forget his name. Ooh, somebody. Oh, so okay. So those other two, at least. Yeah. See, often you'll hear names, and those guys don't pan out, and then and then you can kind of have a laugh about it. But the good names you just threw out there, Clowney and yeah. uh, Mac, yeah. at least they they've worked out in pro football. Oh yeah. Look up Spaghetti. Who uh who the other name was though? We got to figure out who. Derek Barnett. Derek Barnett. Yep. Correct. Um. Yeah. That one. I don't believe it. Did it pan out? No, not really. No. Not really. Yeah. So okay, we got we got that one for you. Yeah. What is described for me, Demarcus, in great detail? I mean, like second by second, even starting in the huddle. If you huddled up before this play, the most memorable play of your career. Take, give me the situation. Tell me where you were. What your head? Uh, where your head was? Well, it was you know kind of adversity play. Um, play a first playoff game my rookie year with the Lions. Um, Anthony Spencer came around the edge, got a forced fumble. You know, me, I had the nerve to pick up the ball. Um, the whole philosophy for the week was, you know, you, you get a forced fumble or interception, like we scoring a touchdown, you know. So, you know me, I pick up the ball, you know, I'm trying to hit him with a little juke-juke, you know, do my do my thing on the field like mm, I sure. back in high school or whatever. Of <laughs> yeah, and I had a sleeve on, so just hit the ball and it slipped out. Um I fumbled. They recovered it back. So now it's first down for them um, for a quarter, um, less than two minutes on the clock. So they got another opportunity, you know, to get a good drive. Um, so, you know, they took me out of the game. Everybody was so <laughs> no. mad at me. No. Oh, man, you know. You know, thanks for Orlando Scandry. He's like, man, you know, leave him alone. You know, he all right. You know, my Boise guy uh, looked after me. Um, I get to the bench. I'm like, man, Big Cat, you know, um, Leon Lit. I'm like, bro, you know how I feel. Like, let me go back, you know, to redeem myself or whatever. Um, you know, I don't know if y'all – well, y'all know about Big Cat. You know? Oh, I I know all about it. Yeah. I'm surprised you know about that. Oh, you know, I told you, Cowboy, man. Yeah, you know, that's so true. I, I got to know a little bit about the history. Um, so, he, he gave me another chance on third down. Um, and I go in and get a sack fumble recovery, um, you know, and – 
that's how my career started off. Um, that's an amazing yeah, story. Yeah. Leon Lett is there on the sideline right. and it decides, all right, listen, I've be- I bet you uh-huh. that 90% of position coaches would be like, nope. You're going to learn a lesson the hard way. You're not going back in that game. But Leon Lett's like, yeah, I've been there. I'm gonna, yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, you know, if he had, a, you know, another opportunity to redeem himself, you know, he would too. You know what I mean? So he, he really understood how I felt in that moment. You know? So you feel like what, what I'm get, guessing is is that you deserve another crack with the ball in your hands. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, Coach Garrett and everybody should be thinking more in that. Uh, if Deion Sanders was allowed to do it in the star with the star in his hat, right. surely you should get to do that. Correct. You guys are going to franchise tag me. All right, yeah. now here's what I'm adding into the deal. Right, right. I get five snaps on the offensive side of the ball every game. Oh, yeah. No, I don't need five. I need about two. Oh, is that right? Yeah, put me goal line situation on. Let me do my thing. I've been here, and I'm sure you want Dez back on uh, on the Cowboys this season. But you know what? With or without him, red zone target. You know, zone, yeah. Jason Witten's getting a little up there. Demarcus Lawrence ready to play that side. I think my hop's up there. Um, jump ball me. You know. Why can't they do that for real? If you think you got it. And you've seen, like, Mike Vrabel do it with the New England Patriots. You can't get a more serious guy than Belichick. If he's going to allow it, surely you right. can talk Jason Garrett into giving you a couple snaps, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, you know, let's do a little tryout, you know. Yes. Have that, that throw me a back shoulder, you know, fade, um, you know, work something out. Yeah, I mean, listen, do you want me to make a phone call or whatever? You want me to send a tweet at him or something and tell him that's a good idea? Let's see how that You got the hands, though, for it? You're not going to embarrass me. You're not going to drop it, are you? These things huge. All right, because, you know, my word is my bond. And if I put a call into Jason Garrett and you let me down, I look bad, DeMarcus. We we can't, you know, discuss too much. Um, We don't want to give, you know, the teams a clear, you know. I got you. They see me come in, they know I'm getting the jump ball easy. Mm-hmm. You know, so we ain't gonna make me a too big of a target right now. Let's go out and you know get a couple of practice snaps in and see how it goes. The only thing I'm concerned about is if your franchise tag this year, Jason uh-huh. Garrett probably doesn't want to show the full bag of Demarcus Lawrence tricks right. to the rest right. of the league. Yeah, that's a big, big yeah. Thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll see how it go though. Um, All right. To the head, man. Okay, I'll, I'll 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 blow in a call and we'll see what we can work out. What have you since you just get, so you now are aware? I guess it's a nice thing you hear about the guaranteed money to to some of these new guys, and obviously you know makes sense for. But you now know what you're going to be getting for the season. Have you gone out and spent a little of it yet? Uh, well, I haven't gotten any yet. Um, you don't get you you don't get it till what September? Uh, September, correct. Um, so that's my main thing, like. Ain't no need, you know, to go spending crazy. Um, wait till you get a long term deal and then, you know, you treat yourself, um, you just put this in the bank and, you know, sit on it, you know, for a while. So that's my um But you didn't get but you didn't get the uh bejeweled uh, tank uh necklace out of a out of a twenty five cent uh coin machine, did you? No. Uh, Spent money on that. Yeah, I mean this this was before um the franchise tag, so yeah, I was a little, you know, grateful, you know, to get this. Tell me something about football here. Uh-huh. I can't make sense of it because I, you know, listen, I, I I know who the pieces are. I know the guys, where they're coming from out of school for the most part. I watch uh, the Dallas Cowboys like I do the other 31 teams. I cannot figure out what Rod Marinelli is doing that makes you guys be able to hold your own because save, I mean, Sean Lee is uh, is all over the place and he jumps out. But, I mean, for the most part, this has not been over the last – since you've been there, basically, this is not what you would 
I regard as one of the most loaded defenses talent wise. What is Marinelli doing with you? Uh, I mean, just you know, building a man on and off the field. Um, you know, he's a great guy. Um, he's a great man. He's a great coach. You know, and his thing is all about you know effort players. Um, the ones that's gonna leave everything on the field, and you know that's why um, it's eleven man football. He wants everybody on that defense to be at the ball um, every play. Um, and, and that's what he practiced and preached. Um, like, he gives out loafs. Um, so a loaf is, you know, you don't care if it's all the way across the field. If you're not sprinting full speed to the ball, you got a loaf. And he literally sits there every week and count out your loafs. Um, then, you know, he'll go into, you know, the meetings and he would be like, hey, this is BS, you know. We're not having that here. He even sits you on the bench if you got too many loafs. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The loaf seems like you should get some sort like you should have to wear a loaf of bread or something around like carry it around in your no. pocket, you know, as a punishment or something. Oh no, he he go way more than that. You know? <laughs> Is that right? What's worse than that? Sit you on the bench. That's why well, I guess yeah. that's that, that's it. Yeah, so he don't play no games, you know, when it comes um, you know, being a team guy, and, you know, making that sacrifice every every snap, so he's a good one. And what what where do you sit now going into what does it mean to you to know that the defending Super Bowl champions are in your division and you're going to see them twice now the Redskins have a new look it's Alex Smith it's not Kirk Cousins anymore I well, I mean I I think those two are are pretty uh, interchangeable, and then the Giants are going through significant changes. Right. NFC East football always fascinating. Or do, do do you feel that as a player within that? Does it feel different to you? I guess it's it's the only experience you've had in the NFL. Well, um, you know, you look around the league, and I, I feel really um, that the NFC East is like the toughest division to be. Able Kind of perennially, it's right there. Yeah. Um. So I mean, you know, it's gonna be tough every year. You know, regardless of the circumstances, teams change every year. It's really about you know the chemistry. But it's the rivalries too. That's what makes the NFC East always stand out to me. Is yeah. who do you consider your biggest rival in that division? Uh, the Eagles. I mean, ever since I've been there, you know, they've been our toughest test. Um, uh, back and forth. I mean, the Redskins won the division. Um, one time I was there, I mean, but it's, it's really us and the Eagles um, the last couple of years. So, yeah, we've been going back and forth. That's interesting. You know, I think the thing with being on the Cowboys is that holds you to a slightly larger uh, standard than the rest of the league is. And, I, you know, like I say, I'm a Steelers guy, and I know the Packers are popular nationally and the Niners and so on. But I feel like the rest of the league sort of there, – there's a high percentage of guys who are like you who grew up loving the Cowboys. And right. for some reason that results in you wanting to beat the Cowboys when you play them. I feel like – the Eagles, you always hear the, the the cliche, oh, they have a target on their back because they won the Super Bowl and they're going to get the other team's best game. Do you guys feel like that's the case, that people always want to take down the Dallas Cowboys? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, like you said, we America's team. Um, they know that, you know, so, you know, everybody feels threatened when they, they play the Cowboys and, you know, they, they want, you know, get one up on us. Um, you know, sometimes it happens, but, you know, usually it don't. What about uh, I can't think of his name now. Uh, Kellen Cle- uh, not Kellen Clemens. Kellen Moore. Couldn't think of Kellen Moore. Are you surprised where he is uh, or is not in the NFL at this point because you're with him. Did right. you feel like oh this guy, well, he's going to shock the world when he makes right. it when he gets to the next level. Yeah, um when he, you know, first went to the Lions, um, you know, I thought, you know, he was going to do his thing and 
you know, shock everybody because um, he's excellent, you know, college um, quarterback. Um, but, you know, he ain't get that many, you know, chances, you know, to plan everything out and do what he can, you know, really do. Um, but, you know, like from a coaching standpoint, I think, like, this is a marvelous move um, by the Dallas Cowboys organization, like bringing Kellen in, um, you know, and having Dak, you know, under his wing. I mean, because, like, the guy is re remarkably smart. Like, like he's, he's a quiet guy, but he, he knows his football and, you know, he knows all the steps and the tools uh, to being a good quarterback. What was the biggest difference, or what that your by your observation? How did the team change from Romo to Dak? Two very different kinds of personalities. Uh, you know, um, a little swagger difference. Um, I mean, I was, who had more? Uh, Dak got more swag. He's got more swag. Uh, I mean, you know, Tony. You know, he's a golf guy. I'm not a golf guy. <laughs> I mean, you know, from my he's nerdy cool. Uh, Tony Romo. Oh, Tony's cool, bro. I mean, Tony. You know, he shoot the ball. You know. Um, he shoot some basketball. Tony, Tony's a great guy. I mean, when I first got there, um, actually my locker was right beside Tony's. Um, so you know, he'd be like, "Hey, move over, Rook." I'm like, "Tony, bro, like, I got to get away from you." Like every time I come in from practice, all the media has their cameras around, you know, my um locker. I'm like, "Dude, like, I can't, I can't do this no more. Like, I got to move." He's like, "Bro, what are you talking about? This is my locker." <laughs> you know, so I mean, Tony's a great guy. Um, you know, I was grateful, you know, to be able to you know, play a, a couple of years with them. And uh, and last question is, tell me your best Jerry Jones story. Uh, You know, when you first uh, become a Cowboy, um, you know, Jerry coming into the team meeting room um, with the whole team and, um, you know, his favorite line is, you know, have a big front door, small back door, and then he'll leave out. I don't know what that means. What's that mean? You know, have a big front door is, you know, bring all the money in that you can. Uh -huh. you know, oh, I got you. Door means you know keep all the money inside the house. You're coming from you're not the, coming from like uh, Bama or USC or something like that. You're coming from Boise. Is it intimidating to meet uh, Jerry Jones? I mean, you probably grew up seeing him on your TV all the time, holding up Lombardi trophies and so on. I mean, not intimidating. I mean, you know, like more blessed. Huh? I'm like man, like you know, I'm here now. You know, I got to go to work. You know, I got to. I got to play with Dez Ryan, you know what I'm saying? Like, we uh, we uh, are real excited to have yeah. Marcus Lawrence in the fold here in oh, yeah. Big D. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, just like on the draft visits, um, you know, it, it was more exciting than, you know, you know, first time meeting them, you know, first time impressions. You know, you, know, you got to be on your best behavior. You got to, you know, look them in the eye when you speak to them. I mean, you know, all different, you know, sorts of things, and, you know, it was great. Does he ever come – has he ever – because the the figure he cuts is like – as opposed to – if I were the owner of a team, and I've said this to him as well, if I owned a team, it, it, it's not as much the last few years because it seems like you guys are more relevant than maybe you were, you know, 10-ish years or so ago. There were those lean years from Aikman and company to, to where you guys are now. It seems to me – I would certainly have my hands all over. If I owned an NFL team or I owned a pro team, I would certainly be in the draft and be like, no, I want to take this guy. Yeah. You better have a good reason why we're not taking the guy I want. I own the team, right? I mean, you know, Jerry stands up and, you know, do he does. Um, when he can. I does mean, he give you what for after a bad game? Hey, um, hey, Coach Garrett, you step aside, leave the room. I'm going to have a talk with the fellas here now. Nah, he don't make him lead the room. Um, you know, he 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 voices opinions. Um, you know, every so often. I mean, 
You know, he tell us good game, you know, bad game. You know, he expresses feelings. I mean, and you know, it, we we're lucky to have our you know honor that's engaged with you know us for sure, right? The team like he is. So I would rather when Demarcus Lawrence buys a pro sports franchise, you're gonna be involving yourself in personnel, right? I mean, is is Carolina still up for grabs? I think at the time of this recording, they are. Oh, okay. We, if you want to go in on that together, yeah, I mean, I can't go 50-50 with you or anything, but I'll, you know, throw what I can. Work. Yeah, that'd be cool. Right. Well, you know what? One more thing, and then that's then that really is it. Tell Jerry, if you have his ear, uh-huh. I don't like the shiny pants. You don't like the shiny No, pants. it doesn't look right. It looks like aqua blue. I mean, on camera, you know. On- doesn't look that good. And you don't know what you're talking about because you yeah. played in Boise State. And they don't know about the uniforms up there either. Man, Nike be having a swag. I know they do, but it doesn't mean that it's good. It's weird. That weird giant horse on the side of your head. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get you right in the fashion, you know. Oh, I'm I'm right in fashion. Yeah. Uh, that's that's absolutely right. I think you can tell that by looking yeah. at me. Oh yeah, yeah, a little bit. A little yeah, bit. that's right. I think I know a thing or two about uniforms. Yeah, we can we can you know. You don't you like the shiny pants on the Cowboys? Uh, I mean, have you ever a, seen? It's the, a little old school, um, but. I mean, it still works. With the have house. you ever seen the royal blue jersey? Not the dark blue now. Not the navy that they make you wear. Like the NFL shops. Yeah, like jersey. the one. Yeah, like when you know Staubach and those guys were playing. They had that that yeah. nice uh, royal blue. Yeah, How about I mean, that for you. Yeah, we we can make that work too, but you know, it's not my call. All right. Also, the best uh, cowboy for the record is Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger. Yeah. He wore a mask. You know, wore a white hat. No. What movie you don't see him on? He had his own TV show. You know, that didn't, not What's about a movie. He had all, well, they did make a movie about the Lone Ranger with Johnny Depp in it. I don't know. It was called the Lone Ranger. He rode around on his white horse, Silver. The horse was white, but they called him Silver. Oh, I don't heard about. You don't know about the Lone Ranger. I heard about a horse called Silver, but um, Lone Ranger. Don't What's really your favorite know. sports movie? I remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. Oh yeah. You know what I can see you doing this throughout this entire interview? Uh-huh. It's in audio for the most part. But I have noticed that this entire interview, you have not once stopped flexing your pecs the whole time. For real? Yeah. Have you noticed that? No, uh, not at all. You are so. You are so. How are you? Why are they moving like that? You uh-huh. just – is that – that's just your nervous habit is flexing your pecs? I mean, it's probably from the workout this morning. They still, you know – Getting a little engaged. It's happening right now. Look at that. Wait here, just don't move. Look at that. Look at the look at the pecs moving back and forth. You were just doing it. Now you're aware of it, but you were just doing it while you were saying I didn't I'm not doing it. Let's see. <laughs> Very interesting. All right, Demarcus Lawrence. I want you to stay healthy and be successful, and I want you to catch at least five touchdowns this year. Because if you do, that's gonna make you even more valuable come twenty nineteen. And when we sit here one year from this date, it's right. gonna be like, well, how are you? It's like Levy and Bell. Like Levy and Bell's like, I'm not just a running back. I'm the second best receiver on this team too. Demarcus Lawrence says the same thing. I'm not just a sack master for this team. I also led the team in touchdown receptions this year. Oh yeah. Pay me, right? Let's do it. All right, Demarcus Lawrence, everybody. There he is. We figured a lot of stuff out today. Thanks. Let me see. Let me to flex my pecs. Oh wait, I don't have any. Never mind. All right. Thanks to Calais Campbell, Jared Campbell, and to Tank Lawrence. Uh, We hope they're enjoying the offseason, and we hope we get to see all of them before the offseason turns into the onseason. In the meantime, Matt Money Smith has something to say before we let you go. Can, uh, Can I just chime in with one thing for this DDFP? Yes. 
If the Giants trade out of the number two spot with the Bills, I will walk from L.A. to NYC and protest. Nude. I, I mean, is there anything better than it's the that best money? one he's ever put out? Is that the best that it's he's the best one he's ever put out? I mean, this is this is perhaps even worse than the guy who gets the tattoo to cl- like the Lombardi Trophy while his team is just good in the regular season. Like, well, you, you can wait on that a few <laughs> weeks, friend. You don't have to get the tattoo now. Because like, I just I don't. Understand but this could the happen, yes. spaghetti. I don't understand the strategy. My, but this my, could happen. I, I predict I, it's going to happen. Why live the Why live the pain twice? Why, you don't have to. It could happen. Like because you don't happen. agree with it doesn't mean that you should wage your your own. Uh, your own good health. I mean, you're gonna I, walk nude from L.A. to New York City out of spite. Who, it's, who's uh, really getting s- smoked? I'm doing it bec- to show <laughs> that I disagree vehemently, and the team should to listen. And, this is and, not the time of year to walk across the country nude. No, I, I know I mean, when the you're bad, the bad answer answer gonna get you. There's when, never a time to walk when across you're, the country. When you're in the foothills, walking towards the Rockies, <laughs> there in the in the complete nude in a few weeks, you're gonna be like, man, I should probably not have announced this in a public forum like well, that. Well, you know what? When the team goes. Five and eleven, and Eli throws eighteen touchdowns and twenty-seven interceptions next year, and they don't take a quarterback. Like then, then I'll you be like, that's, that's not going to be your concern because you you'll have this. perished. No, they, they you'll have perished. Like uh, good, the, good. I don't want to watch them anymore. You're gonna instead of what was the party that got lost up in the uh, snow in the oh the alive folks so at the from no, the, the, oh the, you know the what's it called yes. the Donner Donner the, party the Donner party spaghetti's not gonna have anybody with him because he's the only one foolish enough to threaten to walk nude out of spite to teach it to, to teach his favorite football team a lesson don't you have a you're gonna uh, eat your you're gonna have to eat your own limbs to keep alive don't That's you fun. have a Pearl Jam track to put on loop to listen to <laughs> yeah I got plenty I, I, yeah the music there's a selection. new Pearl Jam out I've got it on loop. I'm listening to it nude as I walk across the country. I hope the headphones don't count as clothing because the rest of me is plum nude. Look at this flesh. All right, that's it for us. We'll uh, we'll kibitz with you next week. Thanks to Matt Money Smith now as well. Late addition to the DDFP. Enjoy those fingers, fella. Hold that hold that coffee cup. Enjoy it now. Someone's gonna have to hold it for you. Put put a little one of them baby straws up to your mouth for you. Here, you want to drink money? All right. It's been a thick slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.